What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live, out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. It's Chrysomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. (laughs) Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Welcome back again, my friends, to the Chris Van Vliet Show. And thank you for being with us on this audio adventure. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV's NFL Sunday Ticket and Bet Online. And this is one that I got a lot of requests for over the last six-ish to nine-ish months. You may know Jeff Cobb from his appearance as Chris Jericho's hired gun on AEW. You might know him for the many things that he's done in New Japan. Or perhaps as the monster Matanza on Lucha Underground. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert for anyone who didn't realize that that was him under the mask. He actually talks about that in this interview, how there are still people that are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that was you. It makes sense now. And you know, just talking about Lucha Underground really makes me miss it. It was something that was so, so special. And if you haven't had a chance to check this out, oh man, look up some clips on YouTube. You are going to, oh, so good. And I think that we just have, it's, it's obviously not coming back. Uh, we talk about that quite a bit in this interview, but we just got to be able to appreciate it for what it was. Hey, if you're not subscribed yet to the podcast, you're missing out. Hmm. Yeah, take a second right now, reach in your pocket, subscribe or follow on whatever platform it is that you're listening on. And if that platform happens to be Apple Podcasts, uh, please take a second to leave a review. It'd be so great. I'm, I read one out on every single episode, like this one from T Man 484 in Australia. Titled this, Love It. Such an informative podcast on the art of the squared circle. Great conversations and meaningful stories will keep you engaged and wanting more. You have a fan in me, Chris. Well, T-Man 484, T-Man 484, you've got a fan in me. Uh, Thank you for the very kind words. And if you love stories, if you love conversations, uh, you're going to love this conversation with Jeff Cobb, because for as much as a monster that he is in the ring, he's such a laid back guy outside of it. Maybe it's because he's Hawaiian. I don't know. He's just a really chill guy. We talk about his background as an Olympic wrestler. And since both he and Kurt Angle are Olympic athletes, I ask him who would win in an amateur wrestling match. It's interesting. We talk a bunch about New Japan. We talk about the few appearances he had in AEW and why we didn't see more of them. He also says he has signed a contract with a major company. He's just waiting for them to formally announce this. Hmm. So listen in here. See if maybe he gives some hints as to where that might be. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Well, let's say aloha to Jeff Cobb. Thank you so much for being part of this. My pleasure. Oh, 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 oh sneak it in there. <laughs> <laughs> we can start and end the interview with aloha. I love it. It's saying hello yeah. and goodbye. Yeah. It's, um, hey, we're laid back, so whatever. I Look, Hawaii is my favorite place on earth 
to visit? Um, yeah, again, mine, mine too. Yeah, mine too. well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, you, you've obviously got a lot more history there than me. Have you been back recently? Uh, August, end of August, I was there for about close to a week. So, so you're talking about last year. Oh, yeah, uh, 2019. Sorry. Uh, oh. Yeah, I haven't been back this year because of this craziness that's going on. So, yeah, try not to try to do my little part and not spread stuff everywhere I go. So. Well, I'm sure people appreciate that. How how is the craziness of what's going on affected you in, in, in the wrestling world? Um, a lot more free time. So uh, I got to do a lot more um, messing around at my house. Uh, fixed the uh, finally finished the office that I was took me a year and a half to work on because I was home for like two or three days and gone and all that. So. Yeah, I got a lot of random stuff done around the house. It's great. So I'm, I'm enjoying that part. But, you know, wrestling is beginning, especially with New Japan. You know, you're back in the ring. I guess it's next week. Yeah, it's next week for the New Japan Cup USA. How pumped are you for that? Um, super excited. Uh, well, I was in there uh, last night, or I don't even know what day it is right now. It's been too many. Uh, when you don't have to travel as often, like you forget the days and you kind of just let it go by. I think two day, two nights ago, actually, uh, I was in the ring with uh, Tongaloa. It was fun, and now next week, next week Friday, I get to uh, fight Kenta. This is going to be great. I like that it's a fight with Kenta. Oh yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's a fight with anybody. So I like, yeah, Kenta's going to kick me. I'm going to suplex him. We'll see which one, uh, which whose body breaks down first. I don't know. I would be betting on you with the suplexes. Heck yeah. Yeah. With, with more free time on your hands, have you used this free time to watch more wrestling? Um, not as much as I, I'd like to. Uh, I've been doing a lot, like just more workouts. Uh, again, doing more house projects that I've been putting on the side. Um, I do, I have some random DVDs, um, like all Japan from, uh, the nineties and a couple other fun little, uh, fun little things to reflect on. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't watch it as much as like, like it's not on my TV 24 seven. So, but uh, there were times I'll, I'll, I'll get in a mood in a weird mood and just binge watch some random stuff. I saw you commenting on raw underground the other day and you were basically saying, you know, there, there's some, there's some good in this because it's been getting a lot of negative reviews from people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's weird because people are, you know, they're tired of this, so they, they want something new, and then they give them something new, and they're not satisfied with that. I'm like, you know, it, and I'm, I'm not defending or anything, but I'm just saying, like, it, it's I – mean, because I've never had to do it. It's got to be tough writing for three hours of, I guess, live TV or whatever it is, and then, like, like there's just so much – like, I, I get a lot of pressure just trying to make sure I catch my flight to the next show, and these guys have to sit in a room, and then – I mean, I don't know if the stories are true, but like they write something and it gets changed and they write something gets changed and all that, and all that. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't look at professional wrestling as too harsh or I'm, I'm not a big critic as some people are because I mean, this is a business I love, so I don't want to critique it too much. Um, yeah. I can, I only know I can focus on my, what my stuff and the, 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 the style of wrestling that I like that's how I try to portray it in, in, in my style and, and wherever I'm, whatever show I'm doing or whatever match I'm doing. And yeah, I don't, I try not to focus too much on the, uh, I just try to focus on myself and, and what I'm trying to portray. So. Well, look, I think there's, there's positive and negatives to everything. And I think right. that unfortunately in the wrestling world, people want to just focus on the negative stuff when there might be some other positive stuff that is happening in the world of wrestling too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that take. Yeah. That's, that's true though. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's like, I mean, if you go eat at a, at a restaurant and have a horrible experience, you're more likely to tell people about your horrible experience as opposed to, Oh man, it was great. So yeah. Yeah. I, I take everything in stride. And I like that too. Yeah. You're so right. If you go on Yelp and you see negative reviews, you're like, well, I, I get it. Like the person who had a bad experience, they probably left a negative re review. The person that had a mediocre, an okay, and even a good experience, they'll just go, yeah, it was fine. And probably yeah, not good. take the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, being from uh, Hawaii, being an Islander, 
I feel like so many Islanders in the wrestling world are related. Are, do you have any sort of relation to anybody, even if it's a distant relative? No, unfortunately. Um, you might be the I, only one. Yeah, I think I might be the only one. Um, I know that um, a lot of the more of the Samoans and Tongans are more related as opposed to the Filipinos. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I have any relatives that are wrestlers. I mean, I, I just did the, or I did like about maybe a year and a half ago that 23 and me and no, no pro wrestlers popped up on my, on my uh, extended family. So never, well, the rock, but. the rock was, uh, I think rock was in Honolulu as well. So, you know, I'm just thinking could be maybe some tie in there. I don't know. You know, I'm just going to go. Yeah. Yeah. We're related. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Rock, if you're listening, if you want to, Loan me a couple bucks. That's cool too. Cobb might be the least Hawaiian name possible, and there's not enough yeah. vowels in there. Uh, maybe yeah. We just gotta throw in a couple more things, and we'll be all right. Yeah, if you threw a couple of vowels, then it would definitely be. It's look. It's not a Hawaiian last name. I think that people need to you know realize that your background is. It's a mix of a whole bunch of different things, right? Uh, just like uh, my mom is full Filipino. Uh, my dad, my dad's side is uh, Japanese and Irish. So, yeah. And then, well, the, 20, the 23 and me broke down. It's pretty much uh, that era. So, like, European and uh, Pacific Islander-ish. -ish. So, yeah, nothing nothing popped out. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. Although I what am, are, like, I'm 0.1%, I think, Ethiopian. So. 0.1, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go try to buy some land over there and see. <laughs> <laughs> What are some Hawaiian words that us mainlanders completely butcher and say incorrectly? Um, probably, well, I mean, earlier we kind of talked about that, like uh, the UFC, um, well, maybe I think two weeks ago, and you correct me, it was Bruce Buffer that does the, uh, the, the announcing. So, yeah. I, like I was cooking dinner, or I was pre prepping dinner, and then he announced this, he butchered the word so bad, I mean, I get it. Like, if you if you look at the certain thing, if you look at a word on paper, you're going to pronounce it how you think it's pronounced. But I would assume someone like that would be like, hey, man, how do you pronounce where you're from kind of thing? And it just, it shocked me. I stopped when I was doing. I looked up and I was dying laughing. Um, almost tears. I don't know if it was tears of joy or tears of sadness. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a funny thing. And, um, but, yeah, like that, um, I've heard people mess up, like, mahalo. So oh. some people, I've heard a few people say my halo throughout my life. Um, it does look like ma and halo, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's okay. Every time I've been to Hawaii, I feel like I'm saying it incorrectly because everyone there is Hawaii. Um, well, so I don't know. Like, I watch a lot of TV sometimes, like more uh, like South Park and that kind of stuff. Um, there's a great episode on South Park where um, Butter's, went to Hawaii to reclaim his birthright. And if you can watch that episode, it's exactly how it's portrayed there with mainlanders coming over and all. It's so funny, man. It's, it's the perfect representation of what's going on. Okay. So should I be saying Hawaii or Hawaii? Um, you know what? As long as you're saying it, that's all that matters. I think um, okay. I, I, <laughs> on that episode, people are like Hawaii. That's, <laughs> yes. Which is true. W's are V's sometimes, but it depends. So, um, I like, I like, like when, if you're talking to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go to Hawaii next week. So kind of. All right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just say Hawaii then. Growing up yeah. in Hawaii, where, you know, was there a lot of access to wrestling? Was there a lot of exposure to you for wrestling? Uh, growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, WW, or I guess WWF at the time. Yeah. I uh, used to come out like once or twice a year, um, all the time. Uh, throughout the years, um, I think they only go back once a year or something now. Um, it's more towards the fall. But, I mean, yeah, when they would come to town, I would always go. Uh, I would always buy the wrestling figures, um, the wrestling magazines. Uh, we had – there was something on – I think it was Global Wrestling was on – Global Wrestling Federation, I think it was called, was on ESPN at the time. Um, and then I did see a little bit of NWA slash uh, – WCW growing up, but not as not as much. I'm, I mean, I don't know if Hawaii is a 
a WWF uh, territory. But yeah, I did see I did see a lot of WWF growing up. And I find the story fascinating that you became an amateur wrestler thinking that amateur wrestling was actually WWF pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, every time I talk about it, I'm like, man, I sound like a dumb kid. But I mean, I, did, I just didn't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about amateur wrestling until, my, until I showed up that day. Um, so I just assumed, I saw a flyer one day saying wrestling. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, this is what I want to do. So lo and behold, show up and it's definitely, like, there's no ring and, or anything like that. And, <laughs> like, uh, I was, thank goodness I didn't bring like a robe or anything or a mask or <laughs> I would have been, been kicked out and said, don't come back kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's, I hope there's other people that have done that, not just me. And how old were you at this time? Uh, I was a freshman in high school. Okay, so that's when I joined my wrestling team too. And I okay. got in there and realized that all of the moves you see on TV in WWE are not moves you can do in amateur wrestling at all. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. I did see in the – well, I guess, I mean, there's a few moves that, I, I, that can kind of translate back and forth, but definitely not the – well, in high school, you can't do all the slams, so – Maybe not that, but um, like not international holds stuff. either. Like you can't do a full Nelson. Yeah, but you can do a half Nelson. That's, you can do a half Nelson. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of like a Taz mission ish without the choke. Yeah, yeah, ish. Yeah, you probably you probably get a lot of comparisons to Taz. I do, I do. Um, just for the fact that we're both brown and we do a lot of suplexes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've gotten that. Um, I've got Samoa Joe, which is weird. I mean, I guess body structure size, we're about the same. We're both Islanders. Um, I'm not Samoan, so I guess I'm like Hawaiian Jeff as opposed to Samoa Joe. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so those two and then, and then Kurt Angle sometimes. Oh, that's, those are all pretty great comparisons. Oh, definitely. Definitely, man. Like, they're huge inspirations on my career, so. Well, I know Kurt Angle was someone that, like, that was number one on your list of, like, dream matches, which I feel like is probably not going to happen now. Yeah, but, I mean, you could create a wrestler on, online in the, the 2K games and just play that and make sure I win, guys. Always me. Well, I love the positivity here. Sure, we can't make this match happen in real life, but we'll just create the characters and make this thing happen. Yeah, I mean, because, oh, man, like, I mean, just physically he gave his body to this business um, and the sport. So, I mean, I mean, I'm sure he was beat up before he started professional wrestling and, you know, he always says he had a broken freaking neck and um, that's true. So, I mean, he's, he got, I mean, he was broken down. I mean, amateur wrestling is probably one of the, actually the toughest sport out there. And I think uh, the wear and tear on that and then the wear and tear on pro wrestling, it just, it just takes the, it just beats you, beats you down, man. And I mean, shoot, if I could have wrestled him five, six, five, ten years ago, man, it would have sucked because I was, I wasn't that good back then. But he definitely could have, he would have made me look like a million bucks. So. What if we took 1996 Atlanta Kurt Angle versus 2004 Athens Jeff Cobb? What would happen then? Um, Kurt Angle in, a, in an yeah. amateur match. Yeah. He was really good, man. He was really good. And plus, uh, I think he was wrestling. Uh, he wasn't wrestling. I don't think he was wrestling. I think he was wrestling heavyweight. And I don't yes, think. Yeah. I was wrestling one eighty four. So I don't think. Uh, yeah, he would just mop the floor with me. But you say that I can't picture you wrestling at one eighty four. Oh yeah, I was. That was before I started lifting. I was. Yeah, I was just a wrestler at the time. I didn't really lift that much. I didn't. You know, I was. I was. I'm a little bit, I'm not exactly like 6'4", so I'm a little bit shorter. So, yeah, I was, I was a smaller guy. So, I was a 184, 184 wrestler. But I always had to cut because I was always hovering around like 200. I, I can't believe you were that successful in amateur wrestling without lifting weights. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really lift until like I started going to, uh, like my, my freshman year in college was like 2003. So, I was like, man, this is, this is, a, this is a lot of, all brand new to me. Right, so, wow. So after being in the Olympics in 2004, was there ever thought of doing it in 2008 as well? 
for there was a yeah, I was doing all the uh, qualifying tournaments up until then. Uh, but then uh, one of the last qualifying tournaments also landed on one of the last qualifying tournaments uh, for our college nationals. And I didn't, I, at that time, like I, I was kind of like burnt out from amateur wrestling. Like I just wanted to finish my college career and I was tired of the trap, like the traveling and this, like in that year I had to do a couple tournaments and like one, I had to fly all the way to New Zealand from Missouri. I was like a good 24 hour total flight. And I was like, man, my body's just, yeah. And I, I just kind of, I just kind of just didn't do it anymore after I, I did two qualifying tournaments and I had one more to do and then I had a pretty good chance of going back. But I was just like, yeah, like, I mean, I just, my, I guess my heart wasn't into it. And mm. that's the worst, that's the worst thing you can do is like just doing tournaments just to do tournaments. Like I, I mean, I felt, like it kind of like held some younger guys back because they couldn't beat me, but they were so into it. Like they wanted to do it. They had the passion for it at the time. And like, for me, I kind of just fell out of that as my goal. And then did the goal instantly start shifting to like, all right, now pro wrestling, that's, that's going to be the focus now. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that's always been my goal since I was, since I was a kid. Like I, I mean, my, uh, my fiance, the first time we went to visit my mom in Guam, like she had all these old, like a boxes of old, of all my old stuff. And when I was like, when I was younger, I used to have my own wrestling federation. And actually, if you give me 20 seconds, I can grab my notebook right there. Please. I want, okay. Yes. This is going to be well worth it. Oh, I can't wait to see what we got here. Also, I appreciate that oh. you're sitting on an exercise ball. Oh yeah. It's good for your back. Um, wow. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I never showed this to anybody, but then my fiance has been very good at um, making me to like, you know, there's people out there just like me as a, that were younger that were had fake wrestling leagues or whatever. And she's like, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. And I was like, it's not, a, it's not that I'm ashamed. It's I'm embarrassed. So, <laughs> but there's a difference. Uh, but yeah, so like I would have, I mean, I'm not going to do the pay-per-view names that I gave him, but like, notebooks of of shows that i put oh my on gosh with, with certain with certain guys like because i would have like a like wwf or wwe or wwf at the time like action figures um like ninja turtle figures would be involved in the in in my league and all that and just random figures that i had and they would just all wrestle and then, you know so doing that kind of stuff like because i was like i've always wanted to be a wrestler and and it's yeah so i would always do that that was like my end all be all goal. How was, how old were you when you made that? Uh, I know I started like in elementary school and then it kind of went through like middle schoolish, not in high school. I was a cool kid in high school, but this would be, this would still make you cool. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't remember when I stopped. I know I definitely stopped like when I started, uh, amateur wrestling because i was just that just took up so much of my time so i know it was probably for good maybe i don't know 10 year run maybe wow well the, look yeah. there's a lot of people that still make uh efeds efeds are very popular and this is like oh, the okay. precursor to an efed i guess uh, action figures i guess yeah yeah oh okay well yeah so i i've had like maybe three three notebooks three or four notebooks filled with them and just and then it just got too much where I had like like a few, like maybe close to a hundred figures. I was like, man, I can't, this is, this is turning. And now I relate it to nowadays where I'm like, man, this is like a super indie fed com or card. Cause there's like 16 matches on this. So, wow. uh, so give me, give me a few of the bookings here. Give me a couple of the matches. Oh, all right. Let me, okay. Ran, I'm going to randomly open it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, it kind of re translated to like at the time. I was like nine, maybe like '97 or something. But like had Marty Jannetty against Buff Bagwell for the the U.S. Championship. Uh, who won? Uh, Buff Bagwell. Okay. <laughs> and that's a good thing, especially nowadays after what he said a couple of days ago. So yeah, Buff Bagwell goes up and. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The thing I love about this is you had a dream, you had a goal. 
and you were super specific with what you wanted to do. You chased after it and, and look at you now. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, you know, if you have a dream, like go for it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You don't achieve it. Um, like I, my main thing was like, I didn't want to be like, you know, as a grandpa and be like, man, I'm telling my grandkids to chase their dreams. And that's not, you know, if I didn't do it myself. And then at the same time, like, I don't want to be like 50 or 60 or 70 and just be like, man, I should have done it when I could have. It's like, I definitely can't do it when I'm 60, but you know, so give it the old, uh, was it the old college try? Well, yeah. And that, in the phrase like shoot for the stars and if you miss, you'll at least hit the moon. Like that, that's what really, you know, yeah, that's what I, mean, I feel like I'm hearing here. Yeah. De- I mean, definitely. Like I've always wanted to do it. And, um, you know, like I said, worst case scenario, I don't make it to where, well, I mean, I, I mean, definitely when I think back to what my goals were when I was like in, like as a kid in middle school and high school is definitely different than what I have now. Um, but you know, at the same time, there are goals that, and there's stuff that you can shoot for and, and that's, that's what you're aiming for, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my decisions. Well, you should be, you know, things are going pretty well in your career. When, when you first started getting into pro wrestling, what did you have to unlearn from amateur wrestling? Uh, well, um, like, I guess like in amateur wrestling, you don't show that you're hurt or tired. Um, and then starting pro wrestling, you definitely have to make that 180 switch. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, that was definitely a weird, a weird thing for me. Like I definitely the the physicality of it was fine. Cause I remember the first, my first day of training, my trainer was like, Hey, uh, we're all going to do 500 squats. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and we're just like bust. Like this is like me right out of college wrestling too. So I was like, all right, cool. Four ninety nine, five hundred. I mean, yeah, my legs were burning, but I was like, I was like cool. And like, what's yeah. next? And then, so I mean, like that kind of stuff is the physical. Uh, the physical side of it was fine. The um, the sports entertainment side definitely uh, wasn't my forte. The, I feel like also in pro wrestling, everything being done on the left side is a big adjustment for amateur wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's another thing, too. Like, I know amateur wrestling, you're not shooting, you're not going for one side only. Like, whatever's open, you're going to yeah. take it. Yeah. So that was definitely a weird transition, too. It was like, stop, like, you know, I remember, like, some of my buddies were like, stop grabbing that, like, go the other side. I was like, yeah, but that one's closer. So. <laughs> But look at you now, and things are going, you know, pretty great in your career. And I know you've signed somewhere. When will we hear about where you've signed? Um, so, well, so my main thing was I, want, I wanted the company to announce it just because um, I'd rather have them do it. And I think it's a better platform for them to do it as opposed to me just jumping and going, hey, look, at I signed here. Like, I'd rather them announce it and then I could – then I can go on my little social media thing and do all that kind of stuff. Um, but unfortunately it was supposed to be around March, but then this craziness happened. Um, yeah. so that kind of went on the back burner, which is totally fine. Like I get it. Um, but yeah, I still definitely hold true to that. Like I would prefer the company to announce it before I say anything. And so that's why I've been kind of quiet and people just assume stuff and all that. It was great. Like, I love it. Like, you know, when people just assume and tag me on Facebook or Twitter or something, I just kind of go with it. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, depending on where you look, you've signed with every company in the world. Yeah, um, it was funny because I I didn't realize that this happened, but um, I can't remember who said it. it may have been may have been like Lance Ar- Lance Archer or something, but he was like, yeah, you know, in the in a span of three weeks, you wrestled in Atlanta for three different major companies. Cause we did a, we'd had a ring of honor. Then the following week I did a, a new Japan show there. And then a week and a half later I was doing AEW. So yeah, it was weird. It was weird, but you know, I was like, well, I know the Atlanta airport, like the back of my hand. Now, so. <laughs> that is a giant airport. That's one of those airports where you have to take a train to get to your plane. Yeah. That's uh, pretty, that, that would be, uh, I know I did an international flight once where I ended up in international rivals, which is I think terminal E is at the very end. Right. And then, Connecting flight was in B, so I had to get on that train for like five or six stops. And it was yeah, huge, man. It's crazy. So is 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 this going to be an announcement, or are you just going to show up somewhere and then we'll all go? Ah, that's where Jeff Cobb is. 
Um, well, so for a while I was having so much fun with it because like I would, I was on ring of honor and then I did the AEW shot or the two shows there. And then, then I showed up back on like a AEW or a ring of honor show. And then people are always like, Oh yeah, well he signed here. And he, but he I was like, that's cool, but that's not really what happened. But yeah. Okay. If you want to think that totally fine. Um, but now, especially with this going on, like I don't have that chance to play around with people anymore and just show up and then people can be like, Oh my gosh, she signed here now. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, especially with the limited amount of shows that are going on or especially the bigger shows. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to wait for the company to announce it and hopefully people forget that I haven't announced that I signed. <laughs> but you are signed to new Japan and you do stuff exclusively in Japan for new Japan, right? Yeah. Uh, only, like for Japan, I only do new Japan stuff. Yes. Okay. So, so there's, there's, well, that's not I, a secret, I, everyone. He's not, you know, that's not a secret. Yeah. Or I mean, unless I guess, uh, because they have their partnership with ring of honor, uh, when ring of honor goes there, then, then I'll do the ring of honor shows and, um, yeah, but yeah, in Japan, I'm exclusive to new Japan. And how unless, is, it's, unless it's a pepper lunch eating contest, then I'm definitely going to, then I'm going to have to sever my ties with them and go there and do that. Cause man, <laughs> I love pepper lunch. So. Pepper lunch. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, God, I can't, I can't remember the, uh, war machine. Uh, what are their names now? I, I always forget. I was uh, the Viking Raiders. Yeah. But, yeah. So I can't remember their name. They had so many name changes. I always call them what I have them in my phone as, which but makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. So my first tour, they took me to this place called pepper lunch. Um, it's a pretty much like a fast food steak place, but has really quality steaks. Uh, it's like a little, like a cast iron hot plate and they heat that sucker up and they, th whatever steak you decide to get, whether it's a ribeye or New York, they throw it on there and whatever you want, like with it, like some vegetables or some rice and they'll bring it out to you within five minutes and the sucker's still cooking on the skillet when they bring it out to you. And it's just a quick place to get a good steak. And yeah, so when uh viking raiders took me there um we went oh God, i don't even know how many times i've eaten there like probably over a hundred times wow and so i definitely i ate there at uh during the g1 at least because we're in tokyo a lot so i want to say at least 12 times wow during the g1. all right so that's a great place uh, they they popped up um actually in like new york and la so oh I'm gonna yeah. have to, I just moved to LA, so I'm going to have to go look for this. Yeah, I forgot where it was. Though. Someone told me, it may have been Brody King, or somebody have told me that they ate there once. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll, I have to go out. Well, I don't know if they're open right now. but Oh, that's true. Well, if they have, if they have outdoor, no, if it's takeout or outdoor dining, it should be fine. Oh, then yeah, we're good then, right? It's just crazy to think about things in those terms. Wow. Man, I was going to say next time I'm in Japan, I'll have to go there because I was planning to go. I was planning to go to the Superdome show, but, you know, we got to figure out if that's happening or how it's happening. Yeah, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed because uh, I know they just announced G1 uh, for the normally scheduled time that there was, was supposed to be this year. Um, they haven't told us yet if, uh, if we are able to go and to keep my fingers crossed because, I mean, that G1 last year was was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, my def my first G one is, I mean, you never forget your first. <laughs> it was great. Like, um, so I definitely wanted to improve on it from last year, but you know, and I get it with the current situation. I can't get mad at anybody or any company. It's just, it's just how the way it is. Hey, it's Chris popping in for just a second. I'm so excited about this. Sundays are coming back in the NFL. And with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. You'll never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. So no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Just use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and you'll get 15% off your subscription. So visit NFLSundayTicket.tv. That promo code is BLUEWIRE. Do you have to adapt your style when you're in Japan versus when you wrestle in America? Yeah, there's definitely um, differences of styles. Like 
Like, um, I know when, like the handful of indies that I do, there's that, there's definitely like, if you sit back and you actually look at it, there's an indie style. Um, if you look at it, if you sit and watch a WWE show, there's a WWE style. Um, Ring of Honor has their style. Japan has their style. Mexico has their style. Everybody has their different styles. Um, and it's good to be adaptable to be able to basically know where you know who and what you're like, if you're in Japan, try to adapt it and learn how to wrestle new Japan style because that's, or not necessarily, not necessarily new Japan style, but a, a Japanese style. Um, cause I think, um, there's been a few people that I've seen that are stuck in this mentality and they come over and they do that. And the fans have no idea how to react to it because they're not used to seeing that. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, just be adaptable, I guess. But yeah, it, there's a style in Japan that's, it's so good. And I love it. I love that style over there. What do you do more or less of when you're wrestling for New Japan? Um, definitely, definitely a, um, a little bit more selling. And I've, I've kind of translated it more, some of the shows I do in America, um, or in the U S or wherever I'm at, I try to do that style. Cause I like that style. Like it's such a, it's such a believable style and it, it's, and there's a reason for that. And I, I like, I like that system. I like that, that setup. I like that style. So I, I that's what I'm trying to gear how I am now towards that. I think when people saw you in AEW, they assumed like that was going to be home for you. You know, Jeff Cobb is all elite and we saw you twice and, you know, that was it. Was that the plan all along? Um, well, you know, uh, Chris Jerk was a smart guy and he's not going to keep paying me if uh, like he hired me to pretty much beat the crap out of uh, Moxley um, and he ended up beating me. So, you know, Jerk was a smart businessman. He's not going to keep paying me for something I didn't accomplish. So, But you never know if he, if he feels the urge to – hire another hired gun back, you know, price is always right for me. Jerk was, like Jerk was like, Jerk was a billionaire, man. I get, you know, pay me. I, I'll be there. Wow. I didn't realize Jericho's a billionaire now. Wow. Amazing. Uh, I mean, Fozzie's doing good, right? And Fozzie's doing good. Yeah, sure Jericho's sold, doing good. I'm sure he sold 5 million bottles of the, the, the bubbly. So he's got to make great residuals off of that. So much of the bubbly. Jeez. <laughs> He's a genius. He's an absolute he, genius when it, not just wrestling. I mean, he's great in wrestling, but he's a genius when it comes to business and marketing. Yeah. I mean, just he's been in the wrestling business for a while and he's, you know, he didn't just, he wasn't just in the business to be in the business. You know, he learned, he learned different aspects of this, of what we're in, in professional wrestling. And he definitely honed his craft throughout over the time. And, and it's re, he's reaping the benefits for the smart man. Well, look, there's lots of people that have been in the business a long time that aren't doing the things that Jericho is doing. So the fact that you got to be hired by him, work under him for a little while, I mean, that's pretty special. Yeah, speaking of which, he hasn't sent me my, uh, my W-2s yet, so i file those. <laughs> Jeez. You might be getting into trouble with the IRS then. Yeah, let's just edit that part out, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that, are things completely done with Lucha Underground? Um, for me, yes. Uh, I got my release after season four. Um, as far as, because I've heard, I've heard weird rumblings. Like someone, I remember reading something and somebody tagged me in and saying like season five is coming or something. And I was like, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody like hold your breath. Like, basically don't hold your breath for that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard any rumblings, but I mean, last I heard too, like our main writer was Krista Joseph. And I think he went to WWE. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know who they would use for that. And like all their majority of their guys are in WWE now. So I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anyone even available. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, we, there was that partnership with AAA. So maybe, I mean, all the guys down there could be, I, yeah. But I don't know, like me personally, like that was a chapter in my book that's done. We're moving on to the next chapter. Right? That was a pretty great chapter, though. Yeah, I had a blast. I mean, there. I mean, yeah. There's there was a lot of hiccups and snafus and a lot of angry talent, but 
towards um, the end yeah yeah uh, but when we were there and filming and doing it like everybody had a blast so i mean yeah i definitely look back on 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 those days is really fun like it, it's good memories um just the business side of it was a little weird but what we what we made there was definitely definitely magic are there people that still have no idea that you are matanza yeah yeah i get that a lot so to this day like some random random tweets are like oh that was you i was like oh god here we go and a lot of uh <laughs> so a lot of the like the meet and greets or whatever at the merch table or whatever the people come up and then they bring me like dude i just found out this was you i'm like oh well five years too late but whatever come on in i'll sign you <laughs> But yeah, I, I get the weird ones. It's weird. It's like literally been close to five years now. And yeah. So. I, I was surprised to see that the original plan actually wasn't to make you Matanza. The original plan was Jeff Cobb was going to be in Lucha Underground. Yeah, I was going to be like a, it's funny, we come like a little circle back to it. But like there, uh, I remember they were saying, yeah, we want you like a, like a Taz-like character. I'm like, all right, cool. Which is, I was like, oh, well, that's not a stretch but all right let's do it so. yeah so it was going to be hernandez right that's what i was told yeah um he would have been the monster matanza wow but. well i think that no one plays it better than you <laughs> thank you <laughs> well but but when you go to that final season and you realize that your character is going to be killed off which you know doesn't happen in any other wrestling world other than lucha underground how does that conversation happen? Um, well, first you got to say spoiler alert because some people haven't seen Five it Five years too late to quote you. <laughs> well, well, that was in 2000. They aired that in 2019, 18, I believe. So. Sorry, spoiler alert, everyone. It's okay. But um, yeah, I, I mean, well, because I know I was at a weird, a weird place with them uh, just for the fact that we weren't between season three and season four. There was like, I think there was like, 20 something months of no work hmm. but we we're still stuck in this weird contract so it, it was weird and i was just really frustrated because like in pro wrestling you only like you know you can't do like there's very few people that can do professional wrestling and be at a high level for 20 plus years sure. um there's only a handful of them like a lot of people's windows are what five to ten years give or take and um i was feeling like you know, I was hitting a good stride and I was like, you know, I can only do indies now because I'm stuck under this contract. Like there's great companies out there um, that I was getting, like people were just like, Hey, you should come here. I was like, well, I can't because I stuck in this contract. So yeah. So that season four was a little bit weird because a lot of people were upset about being off for 20 months, 20 plus months with no pay and, but you can't go anywhere else kind of thing. Yeah. So it's weird. Um, but then they threw everything together and rushed season four out or to tape it. Like, I, don't know, I can't think it was like maybe three weeks, three weeks worth of taping squished into that. So it was, it was really hectic. Um, and I mean, it's definitely like, again, I, I love seeing the people that I work with, but it didn't feel like a real Lucha Underground kind of, because it, it just felt rushed and it, just, it felt like it was just like, all right, we'll throw the season together kind of thing. Mm. And like, yeah, that's kind of, did you, did you know start. at the start of that season, what was going to happen to your character? No, they, um, they told me about maybe halfway through. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I heard stuff, but it wasn't confirmed until about half, maybe like a week or two after we started filming, which is totally fine. I get it. You know, like if I'm not going to be there, you know, I mean, but, at the same time, they could always put that and put somebody else under that costume, I guess. Or well, at the same time, it's Lucha Underground. You know, yeah. you're not. You might not really be gone. You never know. You never know. In pro yeah. wrestling, you never say never. Right, and and in, the, in in pro wrestling for sure. But then one layer on top of that is in the world of Lucha Underground. Like, you know, it, it did it really happen? Maybe you could come back as like some other version of yourself or something. Yeah, I, I pitched a few ideas. It's just uh, it didn't fit into their taping schedule, which was, I thought was going to be perfect for it, but it's okay. I'll, I'll probably try and film it for for me just to be fun with it. But Did, did Indies ever try to book you as Matanza? Um, like a handful of Lucha companies. 
<laughs> so, okay. Uh, not necessarily. Like, I mean, I had maybe like a very like maybe I th- from what I can remember, like maybe two or three companies saying, "Hey, can you use that?" Uh, but for the m- most part, it's always like Lucha Company were hitting me up, and I was like, "Man, I'm too slow to do Lucha." <laughs> and, well, that character is too slow to do Lucha, so it's like. Yeah, or to do like a traditional lucha match, especially like for TV, it's perfect. But for an indie or independent uh, lucha show, I don't think it would have worked out as good. When you were Matanza, I feel like you had to almost hold back what you were capable of. Like you weren't doing the full range of what Jeff Cobb could do. Yeah, like I would more. It was, it's I guess it kind of was like a like a Jason Voorhees kind of character, yeah, or Michael. Yeah, Martin. and then then like a shark attack, and then kind of. <laughs> go back to Jason or Michael again and just relax, relax and then truck attack kind of thing. So, um, it was, it was definitely fun. It was different. So, yeah. Was, and what are, so if that was, if that was the description of Matanza, what's the description of how Jeff Cobb wrestles now? Just lots of shark attacks. Um, yes. A lot of shark attacks, um, parentheses, suplexes. So, <laughs> Lots. I feel like we should, you know, Brock Lesnar has the suplex count. You should have a suplex count on your matches. Yeah, but he only does one. That's You're right. Yeah, he only does one type of suplex. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, that's a big dude to be doing the German suplex, man. So, and I'm not one to knock Brock Lesnar either, man. I, I mean, he, like, Hulk Hogan, after a while, only did a few moves. Brock Lesnar, only, all he needs to do is grab you and throw you and, suplex you well he's a beast you know yeah, well, so are yeah. you eh. sure thank you i appreciate that <laughs> is there anyone that you feel like it would be difficult to suplex oh um you know what i don't know because i've always like people there was a stretch when i was on the right before i signed with ring of honor or all these indie companies, I don't know if they're in cahoots, but they were booking me with big dudes and I seeing if I could suplex. And I was like, man, like I'm much more, I can do other stuff besides suplex big dudes or carry big dudes. So, uh, but yeah, like um, I don't think there's been somebody that I haven't been able to suplex yet. So. Well, the interesting thing about your style and your size is you're booked like a big man. Yeah. Well, I mean, Compared to some people nowadays, I am a big man, so. This is true. Yeah, but you're booked like, especially in, in Lucha, but I guess everywhere you've worked, you're booked like you're 6'4 and 300 pounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too far from 6'4, so. 6'3 uh. <laughs> and a half, you know. Yeah. Somewhere around uh, there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess uh, for all in purpose and tense, it's um, like 5'10-ish on a good day when I stretch. Um, if I don't, I'm slouching a little. I'm like, uh, I'm a little bit shorter. But yeah, like realistically like 5'10-ish and um, 255. Um, Big dude. Yeah. I'm not that small, guys. Jeez. No. I never said it. Please don't hurt me. I'm glad that we're doing this virtually right now. <laughs> or I just unplug my phone. Or I'm out of here. No! <laughs> You <laughs> already had enough problems with the connection. <laughs> was uh, I, I saw in another interview that you did that you said the WWE didn't want you. Was there ever conversations that you guys had? Um, oh, sorry, I dropped some. Um, well, that well, I hope that wasn't taken out of context. But that was in 2014 when I did my tryout with them. Um, that's when I meant that they didn't want me. I mean, I get it. Like they, at the time they were doing, like, if you looked at that roster back then, they had like one of everything almost. Like, I don't know if they're trying to collect them or not. Like, cause, um, was that Shorty G or Chad Gable or yeah. Chaz Beth or his real name? I, Chad Gable was there. So they had an Olympian already. Um, uh, it was uh, the finest, uh, Kona Reeves was there. So they already had a Hawaiian guy. So, you know, I, Maybe I'd, they already hit their, they filled their quotas for what they needed in that. So I was like, all right, cool, I get it. I'm, like, I'm not mad at them. Like, definitely didn't go on online and bash them because I was like, no, it's, it's, they didn't want you. Oh, well, go do other stuff and then let them come after you again. So, yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, but yeah, they, they were going to send, well, 
they asked me if I wanted to do um, was it Tough Enough. There was one that came back like in 2014 or 15 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't, I didn't want to do reality TV. Like I, I want to be a wrestler. That's, that's what I am. I'm a professional wrestler. But a lot of people might've seen that as their ticket to get that WWE contract. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody that's gone that route because there's yeah. been a bunch of people that have gone through and, and have made it and good for them. But that, for me personally, that's just not me. Yeah. Well, have you have you had any other conversations with WWE since? I mean, it was six years ago. Um, yeah, actually, uh, the beginning of this year. Um, but yeah, I just I didn't feel it was my time to go there yet. Because hmm. there's some, because there's like a couple things that I wanted to accomplish even before I thought about going there. So what are I mean? What are some things that are still on the bucket list for you to do? Um, well, definitely. Well, just from like, uh, from wrestling in new Japan a lot, like I definitely want to do more Tokyo domes. Um, I've only done one Tokyo dome match, but we were on the pre-show, if you will. Uh, I mean, people still count it, but like selfishly, I want to be on the, on the main card, um, in a match out there. So that's definitely one of my goals. Um, I, I like their uh, never open weight division because I think they have some great wrestlers there. Like when, when I won the belt and then where it went after that, where there was guys like guys like myself, uh, Goto, Taichi, um, Kenta ended up having it. And so, and Osprey had it. Now Shingo has it. Like, you know, those kind of things, like, all these guys can go. They're so like, I love wrestling all everybody I just mentioned because they're so good. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to win that, that championship back. Um, and then, I mean, again, selfishly, I, uh, like who doesn't want to go for the, the IWGP heavyweight championship, but I sure. feel like, I feel like this, uh, their U S championship that they have, like, I feel like I could help that division out a little bit. So, and, and be a champion that can defend it in America. So I definitely want to, definitely want to have a, have a crack at that. Is there anyone in new Japan that you haven't been able to have a match with that you really, really want to? Uh, like a singles match kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we, um, well, the G1 definitely gave me a lot of guys that like I got to wrestle Naito. Um, which is really cool in itself. And then, uh, but I haven't had a one-on-one match with guys like, uh, like I've had tag matches against Tanahashi, but to have a singles match with him would be amazing. Like, cause he's, oh. he's the ace. He, he earned that nickname, the ace, you know, um, guys like him, um, again, selfishly, I'd, I'd be dumb to not say guys like Okada, um, you know, uh, def, oh, like, well, I beat Eve already. Now he's the heavyweight champion. So, I, you know, I would have mind another rematch with that guy. Yeah, hey, um, if you beat him, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and also, too, like, uh, like I mentioned, Tanahashi, Kota Bushi. Why wouldn't you want to have a match with someone like him, you know? Um, but, yeah, for me personally, I'd love to wrestle people that I've never – anybody on that roster. And I got to give me, like, a minute to figure out who I haven't wrestled yet in a singles match. But, yeah, I definitely would love – those three at the top of my list. Yeah, pretty much all those matches are dream matches, I would think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Your style is, is so perfect for New Japan. When did, like, if we take this back, when did the conversation start happening with New Japan for you guys to click and make this happen? Uh, well, originally it was, um, I, think, I want to say it was like uh, uh, PWG's Battle of Los Angeles. I think it was a 20... 2017 um i know uh tiger tori came by there's a there's actually a lot of people at that show in that small reseda building um like william regal was there brian kendrick came showed up um i don't remember if that was the same time but i know it was that year that i that uh alberto de rio and page came by just randomly we're backstage just hanging out which is weird uh, but yeah, that's, I met Tiger Tori there and I started uh, like chit-chatting with him. And then uh, he was asking me about my Olympic background. 
And he's like, I mean, everybody's got a Tiger Tory impersonation, but he's like, but he was like sitting right behind me and he's like, hey, man, you wrestle Olympics, man? I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> and then, and then, we just started, and then we started talking from there. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up, uh, they, they told me I was coming over for the 2017 Tag League and then, then the rest is history. Yeah, and everything that you've accomplished since. You've, you've wrestled pretty much everywhere since. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I very saw, happy. I learned a fascinating fact about you while watching an interview with Alicia Toot that you're a Backstreet Boys fan. Yeah, so um, I remember because I was still I was in high school when this whole boy band craze started coming out where it was like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, all these guys. I was like, like no. Backstreet Boys was the first, and they got the better songs. So, I definitely, uh, definitely put them as number one for the boy bands. It is fascinating to know that Jeff Cobb listens to Backstreet Boys. Yeah, at, at that, um, well, not at that time, but I want to say around college time, I had every Backstreet Boys CD. Wow, have you been yeah, to a Backstreet Boys concert? I've never been. I they were in Vegas. They came to. They did a. I don't know if it was a residency or a couple shows in Vegas. And I wasn't here. I was out of town. I think I was in, I was in Japan for that. I was so upset about that, but it's okay. It's okay. I don't, know, the, I, don't know I, I don't know if my fiance would like that if I dragged her to a Backstreet Boys concert, but. What? It's usually the other way around. No, she, like, her favorite band is uh, Tool, so. Oh, well, Tool's fantastic. Yeah, you, know, you, know who, you know who goes on stage and introduces Tool? Uh -oh, Justin cool. Roberts. Really? Yeah. Oh, Justin yeah. Roberts, before he signed with AEW, was on tour with Tool, and he was like the person who would warm up the crowd and introduce Tool. Hey, that's cool. That's a, Isn't that insane? Fun. Man, I yeah. Bugged, I should have been bugging him for some tickets or something. You, you can still bug him for some tickets, I'm sure. Well, I, I recently, like, okay, so I don't know, like, Tool, uh, it, I don't know anybody in the band, like, facially like i can't be like oh shit that's so-and-so or whatever sure. whatever yeah um i didn't realize this until um maybe like his third or fourth but i guess um adam jones goes to uh pwg a lot and i had no clue um there was a picture with me and he was in the background just talking to somebody and my fiance saw it and i was like holy i don't know if i can curse on here but i was like holy sure, shit yeah, it's like, the internet holy shit like who like did you know he goes to these shows? I'm like, no, I honestly didn't. Cause I like, I mean, I'm, a, I'm just an idiot. I don't, I don't know how people like, I'm kind of stuck in my little bubble of yeah. what I do, but I, I know, I know tool. I think they're a phenomenal band. I just don't know how they, you know, I've never met them. So I don't, I never met them. So I don't know. And then, um, then, then all of a sudden like he's following me on Twitter and, Instagram, I'm following his stuff and I'm seeing all his cool things. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So yeah, I definitely found a newfound respect for uh, Adam Jones. And I, I apologize. I'm just like, I'll definitely get you a front row ticket when PWG comes back on me, <laughs> on me. Well, it sounds like when quarantine, you know, ends, uh, you'll yes. be dragging your fiance to Backstreet Boys concert and she'll be dragging you to a Tool concert. Totally fine. Yeah. So what's the go-to Backstreet Boys song? Um, well, everybody always goes with the stuff that they've heard on MTV, but there's one song that w didn't make it as big as like, I want it that way or whatever, but it was called the one. And oh, that one, of course I'll yeah. be the one. There you go. Like not many people know it, Sorry, uh, but everyone. It's, such a good, it's such a good song. I think it's a catchy song. Um, there was one, I remember, um, I think Nick Carter sang it. I think it was a solo song. It's, like, it's called uh, I need you tonight. And that's a great love song, man. I, I do not know that one, but I, I remember a song when I was younger, when Perfect Fan, when I heard Perfect Fan for the first time, that really got to me. Was that, uh, is that about Moms? Yes. Mom? Yeah. yeah, Mom, you always were the Perfect Fan. And I think it was Brian. Jeez, we're getting deep into the weeds here with Backstreet Boys. <laughs> uh, I, think I think your viewership just, just clicked on zero. Or, or, or our viewership just went through the roof. <laughs> oh my god chris and jeff Cobb like backstreet boys heck yeah they're good man they're good. i want it that way it was like my go-to karaoke song number one just because everybody knows it but number two it's like if you're not good at it you can like go off the stage and be like yeah it's the backstreet boys like come on like you know it can kind of be a bit of a joke 
Well, I kind of feel like you can do those songs like with like so because I'm Filipino, we definitely love Journey because the new lead singer for Journey is Filipino. Um, Arnie Pineda, shout out, please, uh, you know, contact me. Let's do let's do some business. Uh, but no, yeah, like I feel like Journey is one of those songs that, or one of those bands or that you go to karaoke and like don't stop believing. Oh, you definitely like everybody will start like if you choose that song everybody's gonna start singing along with you so like i definitely feel like journeys like that but i don't there's a handful of people that can get that high in the in the tone and the pitches and the everything like yeah those are two yeah so i i've tried it before and i was like "Ah, i suck so (laughs) but um then then, but then i do the same thing like you do i'm like well you know it's, it's journey who can who can get that high also, I don't know if anyone expects you to be good when you're singing karaoke. No, yeah. no um, I've been carry. I've seen guys like, like I'm going to give him a shout out. Rocky Romero can sing. So, I mean, all it like is uh, Rapungi 3K and all these, all these entrances are him singing. So, oh, I didn't know that. What? Yeah, that's him, man. He's talented, man. He's a good, talented dude. Oh, he's that, that guy's talented in everything he does. Oh, definitely, definitely. Are you just saying this because he's like kind of your boss too? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Don't forget to book me on the next shows. But no, yeah, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, I definitely, I did. Like, I remember um, the first time he debuted the the Rapungi 3K song with uh, Show and Yo. And then there, I was like, oh, this is a cool beat. And then, like, they started singing. I was like, and then when he came back, I was like, dude, Brock, was that you? And he's like, yeah, man, I was like, dude, that's, that was wow. good. Man. So, yeah, he's, he's talented, man. You know, speaking of New Japan, I love that there's the New Japan Cup USA because it's, it's introducing a lot of American fans to New Japan who, you know, I think a lot of American fans are still, you know, they've seen little bits and pieces here and there, but now they can go on the New Japan app and watch full shows. Yeah, I think it's, it's cool because it's definitely giving um, – it's definitely giving more eyes, especially in in this period where where a lot of people are stuck at home and have nothing to do. So they're watching a lot more, whether it be streaming devices and whatnot. And they're they're getting to see stuff that are like because I know like you can go on YouTube and but you can't really see the newer items. But then now that you're seeing some of the new stuff, and then you're like, oh, because everybody, I just I you know I'm thinking people, are, I don't know people like in. Uh, like North Carolina or something. They're used to seeing a certain style of wrestling and then they're like, okay, well, that's just Japanese wrestling. But then they see American stars that they've seen in North Carolina wrestling that are doing New Japan stuff. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, okay. And then, so I I feel like it's getting good eyes on on New Japan and the New Japan style and and whatnot. And it's great. Like, I think it's, I think it's a, it's definitely what we needed now, I think. Yeah, New Japan Strong has introduced an entirely new audience to seeing what you guys do. Yeah, and it's great. Like, and, and I'm enjoying being in front of a new audience as well. Like, Because I, I know the people in Japan are definitely tuning in. So now that people in America are getting a chance to see more of it, it's gonna, I think it's great. Well, this is an interview I want to do for a long time. So thank you for making this happen. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. No problem. No, we had, we had some technical difficulties along the way, but... <laughs> we, nobody needs to see that or know about that but uh, thank you for being here for this uh, congrats to you on everything and I'm super excited to see when this announcement does get made I will pre-congratulate you on you know on, on this signing and I guess we'll find out where it is soon well thank you well I mean I probably I think I did it once as a, as a joke and then I realized like man I, I sound like every other guy that gets signed somewhere where they're like Oh, it's time for a a new, a new goal. Like, what kind of goal should it be? Should it be elite or should it be for entertainment? But I'm definitely going to do it with honor and make an impact somewhere. I'm like, what am I doing? I was like, I put that tweet out. <laughs> I was so I was so hyped up with that that I hit my phone. But yeah, so I I made that tweet and I instantly regretted making that tweet. Like, but. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'll, when it happens, the company will announce it. Then I'll then I'll make some cool stuff about it. But or we'll just see you. We'll just see you show or up somewhere. Yeah, I'll be there. And then and then the announcement can be made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, Jeff Cobb. Thank you so much. My pleasure, man. Thank you again. Um, 
Thank you for having me on, man. This is this is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it finally worked out. We're able to do it. Up, man. And we'll end this the way the same way we began. Aloha. Aloha. How cool is he? Actually, let us know how cool he is. Take a screenshot. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Tag Jeff. He is at Real Jeff Cobb on Twitter. Man, I'm just so curious where he signed. Where do you, where do you think it is? I, I feel like I have an idea. I just don't want to say because I don't want to be wrong. At the same time, I also don't want to say and be right. And then people think that he told me, which he did not. He did not tell me. I just have an idea. Just have a feeling. So when this is announced, I'll be like, ah, yes, that's exactly where I thought. I think wherever he goes, though, he's going to do such big things. He, he's a you know, tremendously gifted athlete with incredible intensity in the ring. Uh, so a huge thank you to him for hanging out with us for this conversation. I hope you learned a lot about him there. I know I did. And a huge thank you to you as well. Thank you for making this show one of the biggest wrestling podcasts on the planet. I'm super grateful to you for that. Please take a second to subscribe, leave a review if you haven't. And if we have any Doctor Who fans listening right now, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not not a fan. I just only seen a few episodes, but I love this quote. You're going to love it too. Courage isn't just a matter of not being frightened, you know. It's about being afraid and doing what you have to anyway. And before we go, did somebody say playoffs? Yeah, the NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have got you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day. All night, just go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Be great, be grateful. We'll see you soon.